Well, this week on Reliving the Extreme, (laughs) we are reviewing the episode of ECW from June the 20th, 1995. Nate Maxson, your host here with you, along with my brother Aaron. Hello. It was fashionably late to our recording, but you'll never know that. And pregnant because I'm late. He's pregnant. He's pregnant because he's late. No, we said you were Aaron. We said you were expected, not expecting. Okay. All right. Well, if he's late, then that. I mean, if he's pregnant, that's a whole different show. (laughs) Hello. Hi. (laughs) Anyway, again, this week, June twentieth, nineteen ninety-five, episode of ECW. But Chad was asking me just before we came on the air, did we have any? questions from listeners and we didn't this week and i'm disappointed in each and every one of you but there was something that came up uh when i was watching some old school wrestling the other night a lot of times on this show we talk about the uh the jobbers of professional wrestling we have a we have a fondness for the jobbers here at reliving the extreme so i was thinking aaron chad give me two or three who are your favorite job guys because i know I love Rich. I love Rip Rogers, Dwayne Gill. Yeah, but they're, you get? they're 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 different kind of job guy. Like Rip Rogers, I don't I don't I I don't even I don't even count Rip Rogers as a job guy. Honestly, uh, Rip Rogers is just a preliminary guy. Like, if you're a preliminary guy, then you get talent. I mean, then you get you get offense, right? If you're a job guy, I mean, you're basically just you're just you're just there as a slice of meat. You're a ham, just a ham. You're right there. And top three, you want me to tell you my top three? Sure. Oh well, I mean, it does. After Frankie Williams, you can pretty much just put two other people in there. I was gonna bring up Frankie Williams too. It's got yeah, Frankie's got to be on the list. I mean, I mean, there's there's Chico Rodriguez. Um, Frankie DeFalco. I mean, like, literally, it's a revolving door. Of fucking just guys that just get beat up. Who was that big fat guy from Florida? Rusty Brooks. Yes, Rusty Brooks. Fuck yeah, I know my jobbers, dude. Don't even try to go there. <laughs> I know my fucking jabrones. I guess. I guess when I twenty one, I married the biggest jabron in my life. I just put her over, and she didn't even know it. Aaron, how about you? Uh, George South. I don't consider George South the jabroni. Well, I didn't say he was a jabroni, just like a jobber. <laughs> Same thing. It, it, to me, it's not. To me, a jabroni's like just some fucking like you, you can't get nothing. <laughs> you can't get nothing good out of him. To me, like a jobber, somebody that goes out there and makes the guy look like a star, but he's not going to be, you know, the guy. You know what I mean? Are you, are you saying that's a jobber or a jabron <laughs> or a jabroni? Which one is he? Which one is this guy you're describing? I don't know. I'm just, uh, it's so a, with the with the correct with the correct with the correct terminology. If I'm talking about like say Dwayne Gill, would that be enhancement talent instead? For Aaron? No, no. When, if, if we're talking about somebody like Dwayne Gill or George South, would the correct term instead of jobber be enhancement talent? Well, for me, it's always a fucking jabroni. I mean, I I personally don't separate all that nonsense. I just do it for you guys, for your little your little radio thing where you can, you know, where I'm not separating people and shit and and calling people names and stuff. But for me, yeah, they're just fucking the jobbers. If you're a guy that goes on TV every single week and lose every time we see you on TV, you lose jobber. It's a jobber, jabroni. I don't know, Jabron, whatever, whatever. And, and the, and the worst part is, is that like, as, as I got older in the wrestling business and nobody wanted to hear that. Nobody wanted to hear that. And even when I would ask like guys that were higher up, um, like for instance, all right, here's one, for instance, Jody Hamilton, I asked him where do all the fucking jobbers like go, like you know, where's where's the jobber locker room? Well, you what do you mean? What do you mean? I don't know. The guy the TV guys, the guys that get beat up. Oh, the enhancement guys. Really? What are we enhancing? Seriously. <laughs> I mean 
And, and he goes, oh, over there. The fucking jobber locker room. It's what we are. Oh, fucking for Christ's sake. I'm believe me, don't get me wrong. I'm never gonna let that fucking term, that that phraseology, that fucking I'm never gonna let that go because that's what I grew up as, and that's what I'll always die as a jabroni. And they still have plenty of them, but believe me. Do you think do you think a guy like just as an example, Rip Rogers, like do you think that you can be so good at being the guy that takes the fall that you get pigeonholed into that. Like he was not going to get other than some of the smaller territories he did. But if you look at him on, on TV, like major TV, like say WCW or whatever, you, you, you're so good at doing jobs that you get pigeonholed into being a jobber to the stars and you don't get any upward mobility. I know, I know exactly what you're saying. And Rip Rogers is the perfect guy for that dude. Rip Rogers is a star. Rip mm-hmm. Rogers could be a star. He was a star. He, you know, I mean, so I, I actually think some of some of the stuff he did in ICW with Lanny Poffo is my favorite shit. I, I, if you guys had never seen the angle with the Brat shirt, like it's one of my, it's one of my favorite angles of like all time. It literally is one of my favorite angles of all time, and some of the stuff he did, and and. But uh, maybe he maybe he didn't care. Maybe he didn't care mm-hmm. enough, you know, um, to like maybe because maybe I don't know. Maybe he had outside interest inside in, in the area where he worked at, where it didn't really matter his wrestling thing and all. Because I think if he would have if he would have focused a hundred percent on the wrestling, um, yeah, there, he he would have not been a, a job guy anywhere. And Rip Rogers even going even going to it. Atlanta, like when I went to Atlanta, I had a run in with Rip when um, my, when it was one of my first nights where I was walking in the sign in, and he looked at me because I was so small, and he told me that uh he called me like a fucking like a production worker, like some kind of a grip or something. I said, uh, and I looked at him and I said, I ain't the key grip, I ain't the dolly grip, you know, and I said a couple other like production words to him. And then he just smiled at me like, "Okay, I got you." And then I know, signed yeah, the tape. I know, and, tape. And, <laughs> I know yeah. who I'm dealing with here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I signed the same piece of paper that he did, and neither one of us worked that night, and we all got paid for it. Like you know, it was, it was dude. I'm telling you, WCW then. You could have had 250 people show up to that building and just sign this piece of paper. That they had their your address on, and your money information on, because you had worked there before, and you could just sign up there, and you weren't going to work, and you would have got paid. <laughs> Shit, Lanny, Lanny, Lanny Poffo worked there for like three years, and and he, I mean, well, he didn't work there. He got a paycheck for like three years or four years, and never worked a match. Yeah, I mean that 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 just came like, oh yeah, you know what? No, that was only like about a year or so. After me, I think that's when like Hogan and, and everybody realized they could just do this. He, you sign up and you just sign this fucking clipboard, and, and you're gonna get a check in two weeks. And, and when I saw it, Nate, I tell you, I, I was, I couldn't believe it, dude. I was just like, what? This is your guys' system of paying people? If, if they just sign it, and I'm looking at at these names, going, I haven't seen Scotty Riggs in weeks. And, and, and he's still getting paid. What about the Duke? Is the Duke a jobber? The Duke, Pete Darty. Yeah, yeah, he's a he's a classic jobber. Yeah, he's one of my faves. I enjoyed him. He, he he's a classic jobber because when um WWE goes to the New England area, Baltimore, whatever, they they get him to usually work the first second match, put somebody over. Jobber, but it doesn't it doesn't make him uh it doesn't make him not a talent because the Duke yeah, of Manchester that, is talented. That's not what I'm trying to say. Like I know what Nate's saying. Like that's what I'm not trying to. I'm not I'm not knocking the guys when I say, oh, he's my favorite jobber or whatever. It's just like these are the guys that I enjoyed that, like I was saying, weren't 
gonna win the match, but they were gonna make they almost made upper or mid card, whatever you want to like. A lot of times they made talent that the companies thought where the money should be invested. They made them look good, and they were better than the people that they were fucking putting over. You know what I mean? It sounds like you fucking worked there, Aaron. <laughs> like the money they're being invested. <laughs> no, he's a jobber. <laughs> he, he he's there to he, he he's there to um give Tony Gurria a couple of gut shots so they can fire up. <laughs> ah. <laughs> that's, all, that's all he's there for. And, and and the funny thing is, is you made it sound like you actually saw a good match <laughs> from uh, um Rupi and a lot of the guys that were quote unquote jobbers were actually some of them were better than the guys they were jobbing to, in my opinion. Well, Pete Darty wasn't. Unless it was he was a he, 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 he was he was a fucking abortion on commentary too. I said some of Growler? <laughs> what? Where did you where did you get Bulldog Brower on commentary? No, I said I said Pete Doherty was an abortion on commentary. Oh, okay. Yeah, I swear they were they were they were ribbing Bruce Pritchard when they put him in the booth. They were ribbing both of them. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But that was only that was only. And, and, then, and then they were like, "Oh, you know, we can make it worse. Let's put Mike McGurk in there." <laughs> they, they just do. They just did that whole entire anything that was in Boston. <laughs> they just fucked with everybody. Like, what do you say? That was a test market. <laughs> and it was like their pregnancy test market. <laughs> they hope none of it was positive, right? We, ca- yeah. we call this team Plan B. Yeah. Mike McGurk, <laughs> Pete Darty, and who else? Bruce Pritchard. Oh, God. Oh, there you go. There's the fucking ringleader. It's like, yeah. We don't know what's going to happen. But. Yeah, I, I heard some of that, and that, that's pretty good, man. Like, like watching it at home, like on, on a big screen TV, and, and you hear him doing commentary, you can almost see his teeth hitting the screen as it's just flying out of his mouth. And then when they flash back to him, he's just like, he ain't got no fucking teeth. <laughs> and as a side note, before we get into the ECW show, Rip Rogers, Rip Rogers hates Aaron's fucking stinking guts, and it cracks me up. Yeah, fuck him. Yeah, I mean, you're younger than him. You'll live longer than him. Every time I would comment on something when I was in the fucking Arcadian Vanguard or whatever the fuck it was, Brian Lash. What, yeah, yeah, it's nothing to do with Anne Rice. What the what was this? No, what's it called? The Mothership. Yeah, every time every time I po- would post something on the Mothership, fucking Rip Rogers had something to say. Fuck that yeah. guy. I, I I bailed out of that dude. That that's that's a call. I, I got I, out of it too. You have to dude. get out of it while you still have your fucking sanity. Dude. I've, been out, I've been out of it. I've been out of it for two years because all they do is parrot whatever those two say, and then Rip Rogers. So I'm like, fuck it, I'm out. I'll put I'll put over Cornette. I'll put over Cornette, like whatever or whatever. But when I, when I start seeing some of the stuff that I see in that fucking in that form, I just go, I'm I'm done with this. I got I got no yes no indifference. Uh, I'm not even I'm not even gonna respond to any of this nonsense. My, and what is this gonna do with wrestling? My, my my biggest yeah I was about to say my biggest issue with that group of people and it's on the other side too not just that group but the other side of the other side of the coin is I think it's fine all day long to pick apart a pro wrestling show. It's fun. It's what we do here. It's when you start attacking literally attacking people fans <laughs> you're you're sitting there with your small penis in your mom's basement attacking people on the internet about what wrestling they basement. watch <laughs> like again like i said critiquing the product all day long that's fine but just when i see people personally attacking each other over fucking pro wrestling it's so it's, stupid. it's the fucking it's ridiculous i mean after after 35 45 minutes of scrolling i'm done I can't. I can't take it anymore. That's no, yeah. no. after after like after like a, a couple of comments after seeing that stuff. 
of, of anything. They they go they go from zero to a hundred and like <laughs> like two like comments. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, all right. I didn't come here for this, you know. I kind of come here to to hear, you know, like last night. It took me two seconds to hear about what happened to fucking poor Davy Richards. It, it you know, I I texted you guys or whatever, and as soon as I went on Coronet, I, I I saw memes. <laughs> I saw I saw gifts. Oh, I, I saw links to a donkey show in Tijuana on YouTube. Like from everything, and all I asked is, "What happened to Davy Richards?" <laughs> well, let's get into this episode of ECW here, June twentieth, nineteen ninety-five. Actually, to start to start off, I want to say I don't have I have actually a lot of more positive to say about this show than I do negative. So that's a good thing. Uh, Joey intros the show, says we're at the ECW arena, and this right here at the open of this show is what you should do. Instead of recapping everything we've seen for weeks and weeks and weeks, show us the shit that you don't want to show us in long form on the TV shows. This was interesting. This was actually kept my attention. They showed us, Joey says, what happened during the first hour of the show. And I don't know about you guys, but again, I think this is a much better format than recap champion. I'll wait. I didn't, I enjoyed it. I, I didn't want to watch the entire fucking Broad Street Bully <laughs> match. At least I got to see the fucking beginning and the end of it. I didn't have to see the goddamn middle. You know what I mean? So, yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's a good thing you came in hot. <laughs> right, right after, right after the one, right to a hot pitch to the opening. I don't fucking want to see this. <laughs> but they showed yeah, uh, <laughs> they showed I, the I, I actually enjoyed it for whatever that's worth. Yeah, J- J- yeah, they show Tony Stetson going over the Jersey Devil. Then nine one one comes out, a bunch of choke slams all around, and then um, they show highlights or <laughs> lights of uh, Mikey Whipwreck versus Big Fat Falpuccio. <laughs> I put. Um, I thought his name was Big Fat Poochie. That's what I wrote. Big Fat Coochie. <laughs> big Fat Poochie. Wasn't that his Seriously. name? The big. You've fat had Poochie. thirty years to figure that one out. It's. I had Poochie. thirty minutes. I had thirty minutes. Big Fat Poochie. <laughs> you'd never heard of. You'd never heard of Val Puccio before this. After this. No. <laughs> he said no. But was it honest? Yeah, I never heard. Of Val yeah, Val. I believe you. Yeah, right. you've never heard of Big Val Puccio. Yeah, he was a he was a big fucking. Uh, well, uh, clearly he was a, he was an independent guy in New York that did. And then he was five hundred like eighty pounds. Like like how do you not book that? Five hundred eighty pounds. He wasn't like four hundred. Who? He was five foot two. It looked like Mikey towered over him. Doesn't Lay wasn't Lay wasn't a midget? You know, he's the. But isn't isn't he? In all seriousness, isn't he the big fat guy that winds up with the FBI at one point? Big Uh, Val Puccio. Do you guys watch the fucking show? (laughs) He's Big Val Puccio, FBI. Yes. Yes. yes, that's the guy. Well, I guess Are I we all watching the same show? I thought it was another fat, useless guy. Sorry. How many fat, useless guys Paul know? All of them. So they're all lined up outside of, of uh, Swanson and Rittner? Yeah. A bunch of big, fat, useless guys. <laughs> Canadian, 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 Canadian Wolfman's their ringleader. They're all in the crowd, man. <laughs> no, they're not. No, no. They're all the rejects. They're all the ones that got turned down because they weren't big and fat enough. There's still a whole <laughs> lot of big fat guys outside. And somewhere in that line is a 13-year-old mass transit. <laughs> yeah, by the time he gets up to the line, he'll be 17. Well, the next I thing they was, show I, us is... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead I Jay. thought it was a hot start, man. And it's it's a it's a perfect thing for Mikey, you know, the underdog. Let you know, put him over the big fat guy. 
Yeah, I mean, it's, it works. It works perfectly, and the crowd dug it. The crowd is into it. Yep, Whipwreck beat that Poochie. He tore that Poochie up. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't really write down a whole a whole lot of uh, Val Poochie jokes because I didn't know the show was going to go that route. Uh, yeah, yeah, Mikey be a big Val Poochie. <laughs> Maybe next week I'll just uh, uh, come back with all, a retort of a whole bunch of Poochies. Maybe if Renee's lucky, or if uh, Renee's lucky, if Jess is lucky tonight, she'll get the Puccio. Mikey knocked the dust off that. Apparently, it is. <laughs> All right, up next, Todd Gordon's in the ring, cutting a promo. Uh, Bill Alfonso comes out to antagonism, antagonize him, and and uh, Todd Gordon goes through puberty um, again. But yeah, trying, right, dude. He's gonna fight. He's like, I will fight you, Bill Alfonso. Well, it's the first time he got a glimpse of Poochie. <laughs> Dude, Todd's the best when he gets all angry. <laughs> it's just so I don't know. I just laugh. I hate to, you know, I hate to. I don't I guess I don't hate to. But, I mean, I'm not trying to mock the man, but I'm going to mock the man. And when he, when he does his angry voice, it's it's actually fun. Well, right, because he's not a talent, right? You know? Not he's no not way, expected to be no a way, talent. No way, shape, or form intimidating. He looks like he knows people that can intimidate me. But he can't intimidate. No, hell no. I mean, there's no chance. But I mean, he 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 just I just love when he gets all like, and he starts getting herky jerky with his hands too. He starts waving his hands all over the all over the place, like yeah. You know, and it's like he don't know what to do, and they just go, "All right, Bill, or uh, fucking Todd, you're the best, man." Yeah, he's great when he does all that. Then uh, Fonzie and Todd Gordon start to fight, and the talent and the officials come out and break it up. And then we get our Can't first beat look. that. Nope. Can't and, beat that. And Fonzie's a heat magnet with the ECW crowd, obviously, because he's constantly threatening to shut this shit down. Dude, I mean, I don't know. I'll, I'll give you a, I'll give, I'll give both of you two fucking idiots enough time to go <laughs> and write a better fucking storyline of how you do a better belt monster than that. And no I won't way. see you guys for weeks. You know what I mean? How, how else? What is the, I mean, how do you think that went in the locker room when the angle came up? Like, my father just said, I'll just say I'm going to stay athletic commission and I'll shut this shit down. That's, that's the easiest angle of all time. Absolutely. You know I mean? Especially... We were talking about cult earlier, cults earlier. These people, the ECW fans were like cult-like, you know, as far as their promotion went. So this heel threatening to shut the entire thing down, you're never going to get to see it again. Like I said, perfect way to get heat with that crowd for sure. But it's the easiest, it's the easiest way to do it. You know, because in theory, in theory, I could have got that building shut down. There's no chance that building was up to code in any sort of standards or, or anything. Yeah, yeah and, two, two, two Polaroids of a fire exit, and it's done. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you, got, you got a thousand people in this little... Yeah. Anybody could have got that building shut down at any given time. They didn't even have a ramp for Poochie to get in. And what? They didn't have a ramp for Poochie to get in there. No, nor in the in the bathroom. There was not a. There was nothing that was handicap accessible in that building at all. I mean, the only thing that was handicap accessible was whatever whatever Mikey gave you <laughs> as he walked around ringside. This bedpan. It's all we got, man. Up next, we had our first look of at Vampire Warrior. As he is wrestling, and everybody knows Vampire Warrior eventually becomes Gangrel, but he's wrestling Hack Myers, and he beats Hack with a DDT. Uh, the highlights of the match that we saw were fine. I thought I thought they were cool. That was now, another is... example of Hack working with um, a solid talent, giving giving um, Hack an uh, um, opportunity to uh, like get some offense on, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He got some offense in, and it was a, it was like it, like Hack is now, in my opinion, or in my book, he's taken over the spot that I had where I was working the guys that Paul might want to use later on down the line. I mean, I'm still there, but I wasn't I wasn't 
there for that shit. But um, like Paul would always book the guys that afterwards he would ask them like, you know, is he worth bringing in? You know, can can he work? Can he work? And not saying that me or Hack could have broken, make or break anybody's careers during that shit. But we would tell Paul, like, oh, that guy could work, man. Oh, and and David, yeah, David, David could work. He wouldn't. We wouldn't even had to go out there and even had the match for me to tell um, Paul, yeah, he can work. This guy can work. <laughs> He's good. Aaron, what, Aaron, what did you think of that matchup? I love the match. Like I thought it was good. Um, I'm a I'm a David Heath fan. I'm a Hack Myers fan. I thought the the promo after was silly, dude. Yes, Aaron, silly. how how like um now that you look at it back in hindsight, how great would a hack potential title run have went? Like kind of around this period, like the hometown, like a like hack just the whole day. like. Well, there's there's no hometown because you know his hometown is unknown. You know, it's it's a fictitious hometown. (laughs) But just like Hack Myers, Shane Douglas feud. Yeah, because he'd be like the Brian Danielson. (laughs) (laughs) He'd be like, 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 literally, wasn't Hack kind of the first guy like that? Except they they never they never pulled the trigger on that or never went that far. But Hack went from being zero to hero, and then he was hero, but he still said zero, right? Like right. they never, they never gave him the push. But what if Hack was the first Daniel Bryan? That that would have been great. Yeah, and it would have worked. It would. It would. No, no. I'm saying it would have worked in front of that crowd because that crowd was into him. And I'm not saying like it would have been like a long term thing, but give him like two fucking ECW arena shows where he. He beats Shane. They have a fucking rematch, and Shane gets DQ'd or counted out or something. And then they come back, and Shane beats him. It would have been, would have been solid. They, they probably they probably didn't even have to go that far. They probably could have just beat Hack once, and then threw him back down. Came up with Steve Richards the next month, and, and and the crowd would just go bananas. Like they would they would they would have forgot. Hey, you know what? You guys are big shot. You lost. No big deal. You're still in the second match. <clears throat> ECW Carol, they wouldn't have forgot that. I am working on bringing this up that Aaron mentioned to me earlier. For some reason, my computer logged Hank me out. Peacock. steps. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, after after uh, the match with Hack and Vampire Warrior, um, Tommy Dreamer is out with Luna. And then... The Captain Annoying Stevie Richards comes out with uh, with the Vampire Warrior in tow. There in tow. Now I got it. And now I got he's, it. He's towing the Vampire Warrior. <laughs> but Aaron wanted me to share the audio of this um, this promo. Oh, so basically what you're Warrior. doing is... What you were doing is instead of standing there just stuttering and stalling for time, you were trying to get the audio up. Yes, because for some reason my computer logged me out of fucking Peacock. All right, here we go. I can't believe I got the person of P A R S O N. The person, Tommy Dreamer, the Vampire Warrior. What, 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 why did you bring him out here? Why did I bring him out here? Because he's great. He's great, Dreamer. And, and, you know, with all, with all due respect, Dreamer, and all due respect to you, Miss Luna, and you, Joey, JoJo, you know of the Vampire Warriors' credentials. Why do you let Mr. Dreamer know about this man's credentials? Tommy, I mean, this guy, he's the real deal. I mean, he can get the job done. We've seen that. I, I don't know what he's doing out here now. You're hanging out with the the wrong crowd. This is ECW. I don't want to shake your hand. I'm here for one thing and one thing only. You have to get your hands off my woman. <laughs> <laughs> he fucking he went. He flew all the way up there, got all the way dressed up in that fucking outfit, that regalia, and that's why he was there to tell him to stay away from his woman. And then the screech. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was it. Yep. Seriously? 
And then he got hit with a bumper, and that was the end of it. That's it? It, Like, he couldn't call the guy? (laughs) I mean, he could have saved some, uh, you know, black electric tape. Am I I misremembering, or did the screech actually come from the Blackhearts thing? Yeah. Well, he's a Blackheart. Okay, because so I was gonna David say I, and Tom Nash for the Blackhearts, mm-hmm. and they and they used to do that screeching shit, right? That when nobody saw it before, pretty yeah. much. Like, um, I I I can go back. I I could probably show you like text messages from like 1990 or 91, where me and my buddy were going. I don't know who these Blackhearts guys are, but somebody needs to do something with them. Like they were like. Joe Goodhart's like um, tag team, you know, like you know, it was like you know, J- Joe Goodhart would book these big super shows with Brody and fucking Sheik and shit on it. You know what I mean? Like he, he would book all these super shows, Giant Baba <laughs> and stuff on it. And then you would he would still have like you know guys like uh, like David Heath and all on it and stuff. And me and my buddy saw him, and we were like, that's a great gimmick, man. You gotta do something with that. They didn't. Whatever. WCW <laughs> had him wrestle on TV like twice, and then. Sh- Dude, the the, the, cool, but but in this situation, him doing a little screech thing or whatever screech thing, it's like, eh, it didn't work. I, I I'm not sure if that was uh you know actually actually Aaron I'd like to figure this out I'd like to understand whether whether it was um. A Dave thing or a Luna thing is why he didn't stick around. You know what I mean? Because now we're talk we're talking right around the Dave and Luna split, and I don't have any information on that. That that was nothing to do nothing to do with me. My <laughs> name's Paul, and that's between y'all kind of shit. But um, what they yeah, got. They got. I mean, um, uh, sorry. They oh, go ahead, man. I was gonna say they actually um, showed footage of their wedding on what was it Raw in like '93? I think it was Action Zone. Was it Action yeah, Zone? I, I had it. I saw it. Yeah. I mean, it, it it is what it is, but I I don't I don't know what the problem was because I know I knew it wasn't it wasn't shortly after um, after all this happened that they split up. Like like it was like. Whether Paul was in on it or it was all part of the angle or whatever, but yeah, it was only a couple months after the thing, whatever we just shot there, that uh, that they split up. And but I, but I always say like Luna, Luna is like my second to Sherry to me, as far as being around. You never knew what I, I can get in trouble with Luna just as easy as I can get in trouble with Sherry, you know. And it's not even it's not even me getting in trouble for myself. It's her telling me to go do something stupid. Hey, hey you just you just in the car, and you go and open the. Yeah, are you gonna? Are, are would you tell Luna? I ain't telling Luna no. Nope, sure wouldn't. <laughs> Fuck all that shit. Like same thing with Sherry. I ain't telling Sherry no either. Then the next thing on this show, speaking of Luna, is uh, Luna Vashon versus Bula McGillicuddy, which uh, in which this match, well, uh, before that, I'm sorry, Dreamer and, and Gangrel have a little sort of kind of match outside the ring, which explains why Dreamer is not immediately out here with Luna Vashon when they start this matchup. Um, Stevie Richards lays out Luna at the bell, and Bula pins Luna in quick fashion. To uh, to end this thing, um, and then the stuff happens afterward. But what about the? I know it's not a match, but I mean, if you're gonna have Beulah beat Luna, that's the way to do it. I like the Everlast here. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you're, there's no chance you're gonna have a match. <laughs> no chance you're gonna have a match because you know, you know, Luna would just eat her up. Right. So you just you got you got to have the smiles like kind of gimmick, yeah. I mean, I mean, so what? She gets what blindsided, beat up, whatever hit. You know what I mean? Yep. It keeps the heat on Beulah, and and Luna doesn't. You know, Luna isn't 
jobbed out or whatever, she got screwed. And that's the best way. To no, tell there, the story. there's not even, there's not even a question of, um, there's not even a question of the job. It, it's not even like somebody goes, Oh, she pinned Luna. No, she got fucking, she got fucked. Like right. they're, they're not even saying she got pinned. It's, oh yeah. Like she got fucked. Yeah, I mean that's the that's the ECW motif, right? Isn't it? When the when the losses don't matter, it's if you get fucked. Yep. <laughs> um, fuck. Raven DDTs Luna and then uh, kicks her in the head with the loaded boot. And now Tommy Dreamer comes out with his dramatic head bandage on, like he's a Looney Tune or something. Um, he comes out. And uh, tries to save Luna. Of course, they do the um, the they handcuff Luna to the ropes in the crucifixion kind of looking thing. And Raven's gonna crack her with the chair, but Tommy Dreamer puts his head in the way and takes the chair for Luna. And there's your story. It was all fucking garbage. Yeah, you had a, Aaron, you had a big... I, hope, I hope you I hope you can back me up on this. <laughs> he didn't really take nothing. He had, his, he had his head triple bandaged, so it was like it softened the blow. He didn't really do anything. I thought everything looked fake about that. all of it. I thought it all, like even the handcuffs, handcuffs on the rope. You could move your arms. I saw. I was just like, no, none of this looks believable. <laughs> I mean, I mean the, granted, the if your handcuffs, if your handcuffs are on the ropes. You can only move your hand, you know, your hands so far close, but it's not like they're 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 like stuffed so you can't move them at all. You know, you can move them a little bit. You can do a shoulder. You know, you can block a chair shot um, or whatever. And I'm just going, this is this is the worst. It's the and the worst. chain and the chain was really long, so you could have just went. She could have made an X and blocked herself. Well, I mean, and and at the end of the day, if you want to go back and you want to rebook it, you, you sure just did the chair shot and, and went to black screen. Just throw, just show show the chair shot, boom! And as soon as it hits, goes to black. It's it's, it's the end of the show. I mean, but it was just I'm I'm, I'm his his handcuffs are open and shit. <laughs> you know and, I mean? Yeah, and then like, we get the, we get the we get the dramatic stretcher job. After the fact, Tommy being put on the stretcher because as Aaron Dude, calls him, put upon Tommy. <laughs> put upon Tommy. Why? Why? Why have I not seen this shirt yet? It says "Put upon Tommy." <laughs> next week, why not? Gonna, next week, it's just going to be on TV. Be like, I was just trying to live my life, and now I got Raven and and you're fucking <laughs> with me. Dude, the biggest baby face in the company would be the guy that walks out and goes, Hey, Tommy, why don't you fucking mind your own business? Stay in your fucking lane. Yeah. Just have, have this enough. Yeah. Now you're banging David Heath's wife, you son of a yeah. bitch. Yeah, you're fucking David Heath's wife. You know, you got yourself involved with fucking Dreamer and or Sandman and Cairo. You had nothing to do with fucking that, you know? <laughs> You blinded man, you piece of shit. You know, it's like, there's three people asshole. right here all cutting promos about Tommy Dreamer. Tommy Dreamer, tell him he's, he's the biggest people's business. He's the biggest prick in ECW, and he pile drives Buell like thirteen fucking times, and then in a couple <laughs> years the fucking Dudley Boys three deer, and he's like, "You guys are assholes." It's like you broke her neck like three years ago. Twice, <laughs> you fucking asshole. Now you're a hypocrite. You're a Holy fucking shit. hypocrite. You're a Holy white shit. Beating, you're a wife beating hypocrite, Tommy Dreamer. <laughs> Dude, he's a fucking fag. <laughs> With your two ponytails. He's, he's stupid. <laughs> Yeah, fucking. Yeah, he's stupid. Yeah. Like he would drove drinking again. He was sober. <laughs> he was sober for like ten years, and you drove him to drink it again, you asshole. Because <laughs> you couldn't keep your mouth shut. <laughs> yeah. If, um, if I, if I, never mind. Never mind. Ooh, <laughs> dude, Aaron, Aaron's on fire, Jess. 
Oof. Uh, yeah, I got nothing else to say. Let's get past that. <laughs> All right. Moving on to our next segment. It is a six-man tag team match. Impact Wrestling? Raven and the Pit. <laughs> that I'm waiting here back from the higher I don't drive anybody to drinking. So uh, I'll lay out of this one. We have Raven and the Pitbulls here, and they're booked in the right match here. against Taz. Continue. Scorpio. No, well, you, you skipped over Raven's promo. I didn't like Raven's promo. I must have I must have went to pee or something because I don't even have a Raven promo written down here. It was like a it was like an ECW fan oh, cam yeah. thing where he went to the back and he was like he was like talking about being happy. Like he's like, Oh, I'm so happy. Just like, that and the other thing. It's like I didn't like Raven's promo, but nobody else watched the it. The thing we have here on this show is the Raven and the Pitbulls. Are booked for a six-man tag team match against Taz, Too Cold Scorpio, and Tommy Dreamer. Of course, Tommy Dreamer can't make it because he's been put upon. So now, <laughs> Hack Myers comes out to join the fray. He wants to team with Taz and Scorpio, but Fonzie comes out and throws him out. Says he's not allowed to be in this match. That's not the match that was booked. So it's going to be a handicap match. Raven and the Pitbulls against just Taz and Scorpio. Which and I'm this fine is what with, that means 21 minutes that means, into the show, right? Yeah, and that means that means that Tommy's not going to be in the match, so I'm cool with it. Um, Aaron, any thoughts before we get into the? No, I thought it was fine. Like I, I mean, the angle after it's cool. So I mean, you guys can go through the match, but it, it, it the match was an afterthought in my opinion. Just the few notes that I have about the match are that uh, the ta- the the. The crowd is eating up this new Taz character, obviously, the suplexes and et cetera, et cetera. The ECW crowd's eating it up. Um, you gave him a double et cetera. <laughs> Taz. I don't, know, I, I don't know if they were eating up a double et cetera. Get <laughs> <laughs> a time, man. It Taz did look, works. Oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead, Aaron. No, go ahead. I was just going to say early Taz. He had the, and I don't want to like critique guys' gear or whatever, but he did look better after he got rid of the, um, like the Kurt Hennig type trunks and went to where it was just like the, where he didn't have it around, like he didn't have the tights around his thighs or whatever. Like it made him, it made him look I thought, more. I thought that he fucking, I thought that he, um, he mugged the guy from Michinoko Pro and took his tights. The guy he beat like a couple weeks ago. <laughs> When he had the, the guy, had, yeah, I thought he, I thought he beat, he, he, he took his tights. The guy flew home naked. <laughs> I was buried by a man named Taz. <laughs> yeah, and as he's bored for a flight from Tokyo, for the next twenty four hours, all you're gonna be wearing is a shirt that says "We're Hardcore" or whatever the fuck the ECW shirt the jour was there, and, and no pants. All we got for you is this "put upon Tommy" T-shirt. I'm sorry. Yeah, why couldn't they? Why could? Why they can show anything they want on ECW television, but they couldn't show anything to happen with any of this. None of it. No, there's no nothing around. Nothing. Whatever. Tommy. Tommy Dreamer. It goes to show you how over Tommy Dreamer's not. There's not enough cameras following him. Nobody gives a fuck. He, he, he just wanders around and gets beat up at, at, at night on the streets, you know. Like nobody gives a fuck about you, dude. And and then if you're a big baby face, why weren't you at church? Why were you just wandering around the streets at night, getting getting beat up by Raven and and Loomis and all the other people, Lupus, whatever the fuck their names are. They do oh, show Francine. Yeah. They do show Francine in the crowd during this match wearing an "I Love Stevie Richards" shirt, she um, cool. which is the introduction. Obviously, we don't know. She's, she's already not a. She's already she character yet. No, she. This is like her first like appearance as being like a Stevie Richards fan. Like she oh, loves. Jesus fucking Christ! All right, I mean, I'll, I'll let you guys. I'll let you guys build this. That's fine because I have my own relationship with Francine, so I'll I'll let you guys build this. That's cool. I'll be glad. I'll I'll be anxious to hear this. 
I, I didn't see it. I, I didn't see that. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, she, she doesn't. She doesn't do a lot on this show. This is kind of. It's just. I think they're just. You know, they're introducing her by not. In, they're they're making her out just it. to be a, a fan. You know, she has the she has the shirt on, and then when Raven, when um. Well, you miss it. Did you did you miss what Joey said? I guess I did. She's got Francine. They don't name her, but Francine has a sign that says, "I love Stevie Richards." And Polly points at her and goes, um, look, basically nobody has any taste. And Joey says, and that's why WCW Saturday night is still on. Was the joke? That WCW sucked, which it didn't at this time. <laughs> the WCW but, Saturday night still in the air. That's the joke. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'll take that. If you just said. I don't give a fuck what you say. WCW Saturday Night still in the air. <laughs> yeah, all right. But um, uh, Beulah, she doesn't like Francine, so they're building up that Stevie now has a girlfriend, and and Beulah doesn't like her because there's now going to be another chick involved, and this, that, and other thing. And, Dude, I'll and, tell you, I'll tell you firsthand. I'll tell you this. That shit was real. Like, not I, I uh, Beulah or, or Francine. I mean, as far as it was to the people in the arena, that shit was fucking real, man. Like, like that was the that just superseded everything that was going on in in, in ECW. I don't give a shit who it was, Shane, whoever, whatever, whatever. It was. We're all gonna. We're all gonna lynch her. We're gonna. We're gonna. You know. We're gonna set her fire. <laughs> like, like it was like that kind of shit. There. It, it really. It really was. Like the ECW arena. They could. They could shit on an angle that was bad or whatever. But if you had an angle that involved broads, they didn't give a shit how good it was. It was like. It was, like these guys are starved for tits and ass or something. <laughs> I don't fucking know, but but all the all the hose angles um, were were over like fucking wildfire. And I mean, they really they really were, man. That's not a, that's not a joke. Like they were really over for some reason. These fucking these sex stars motherfuckers wanted to see girls going at it. Then what were they gonna say? Fuck. Well, Raven, Raven high <laughs> Raven hightails it in this match and leaves the Pitbulls um, as it's just a tag team match. And like Aaron alluded to, as Raven is leaving, Beulah um, argues <laughs> with Francine on their way out. Um, and then while Pitbull too is is as well, Raven as, Raven slaps Stevie. You missed that. You missed that. Raven slaps Stevie. And Joey says something that was like, eh, you wouldn't be able to say that now. Um, he said, Stevie thought he got a girlfriend. Now he's just getting treated like one. Jesus. I, I wouldn't be offended by that. But... That was a rough line. I mean, yeah, I mean, maybe Stevie. Yeah, I, I get it. Jess, you understand that line? That Stevie didn't have a girlfriend. He just treated like one. That mean he's treated like a bitch. A bitch. Uh, well, I don't care. Yeah, Stevie is a bitch, so I don't give a fuck. Yeah, yeah I guess he's right. Segment. It's the fact that he got slapped, and Joey was like, "Oh, Stevie thought he had a girlfriend, but he got slapped." And we lost Chad again. Yeah, but let's keep going. Okay. Um, the finish of the match comes when Taz suplexes Pitbull Two because Pitbull Two is up on the uh, turnbuckle screaming. As Joey Styles says, for his master, Raven. And then uh, Taz picks up the victory for his team. And then we get a little angle at the end. And I know you said you liked it, and I did too, with Polly, Taz, and two. Yeah, I like the fact that Scorpio and Taz got in a little bit of a. Polly at first got in the argument with Scorpio because he's supposed to be like Taz's his voice, you know? And then the minute Too Cold put his hands on him, like he shoved Polly, so Taz is going to confront. And 
normally I don't like when something gets like no sold completely. But mm-hmm. to me, the character needed it at that moment. You know what I mean? Yes. To get hit with that mic and just look at him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're like, like I said, you're building a new character for him that he's, he's a badass. And what better way to do it than do a little bit of no selling? You know, it's not like he cracked him with a fucking chair or something. It was just the, the microphone. Yeah, he punched him with the mic, and <laughs> and and Scorp didn't like oversell it. Like, oh my god, he just like hit the guy with the shit. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I didn't know how I thought it was gonna go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now he's Disco Biscuit <laughs> and a disco ball on the screen there. <laughs> well. <laughs> <laughs> that disco biscuit ain't got no butter on it. <laughs> don't run. But yes, that's the angle there. And then we are supposed to have, they, they say that we have time left over. Joey says we have time left over because, you know, it was announced last week that Axel Rotten is going to have a mystery tag team partner tonight to face the public enemy. And he says, we're going to show the beginning. Since we're live to tape, we're going to show the beginning of that match. So Public Enemy comes out and it takes them forever to get to the ring. None of this makes sense, by the way. But what I do have in my notes is mm-hmm. it's funny. It works when you if you'd watch it like on a tape of ECW because they came out to what hot they came out to Hot Stepper. Yes. So it makes sense when like the crowd's like dancing and stuff. But like when the WWF like the WWE Network music hits and like. All these people start dancing and stuff. It's like it's kind of like it's like terrible music and just like yeah. random terrible music. It's kind of like when like the mid south crowd is dancing to JYD's like yeah, another one bites the dust shit. It's like what is going on? It looks ridiculous. But anyway, go ahead. well, Axel Axel Rotten then comes out and he uh, he talks about he cuts a promo. And talks about how he's his partner is going to be Ian, which doesn't make any sense. But his promo is good though because he talks about um, being the guy that's that's um, his promo makes sense though because he's talking about being the guy that's too violent for ECW TV because they're not putting his matches on TV. Like you got to watch his you got to watch the videos to see it, you know. But Mm -hmm. that. Axel, Chad is back. We're talking about the end of the show here, where Axel is team is going to team up with Ian to face Public Enemy, and Axel cuts the promo about being too violent for TV, even for ECW. Um, it's the best. It's the best promo you're going to get out of uh, the best of the rotten guys. <laughs> but to me, it makes no sense because they've been feuding, and he can pick anybody in the building to team with, and he picks Ian. The guy that needs to have these fucking magic. It makes no sense. So, so what? It's 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 a you pick your opponent match against some other team. No, Axel gets to pick whoever he can. He gets to pick anybody in on the ECW roster to face the public enemy for the tag team titles. So he picks Ian, the guy that turned on him, and having these bloody fucking. Feud. They've been having this blood feud with. It makes no fucking sense. Well, dude, I could make sense out of that. I mean, yeah, you, you, you just uh, Axel tells the story of how how much he'd rather be with. I mean, that's not a hard story to tell. If I'm I'm gonna pick somebody that's gonna fight these guys, that it's gonna be a blood a bloodbath. I want to find somebody that I can that I can trust to be on my side. Love, hate, indifferent, whatever. Yeah, I can see that. And that that to me um, would be like a story, like uh, oh my god, and that's how you begin their story, right? That that's how I'd book that. Well, that's uh, not what they do here because <laughs> Ponzi, <laughs> Ponzi comes that back Ian, out. That was that was Ian was getting his notice, <laughs> <laughs> and they were wrapping this shit up. Fonzie comes out and reminds Axel and Ian that when they signed their contract back in January, when they had their match, that at the end of it, they were not allowed to team again. Um, I think they lost lost to the public enemy. But Fonzie reminds them of that. So Axel's newfound loyalty to his brother goes right out the window, and he says, fine, if I can't fight public enemy, I'll just fight Ian. 
But I did write this down. I'm pretty sure Axel said, told Fonzie to get his little ass out of there. But what it sounded like he said was, get your nipple ass out of here. I, I thought he said nipple ass. I, I, okay, Dude. then I'm not the only one. I heard, get your nipple ass out of here. Dude, at, I, now, now you're getting into some fucking goofy shit with me, with me and Axel now. <laughs> because of us being big jerky boy fans. And when we would drive together, which was all the time back back then, you, there's 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 obviously a chance that he told him to get your nipple ass out of here. It, it clearly had it clearly could have happened, knowing the way me and Axel talked, jerky ass, you know, and there's no, any, there's, there's any no of them things. There's no way he didn't say nipple ass. And if two people heard it and Chad confirmed it, all right, we're good. Yeah. <laughs> it's not fake news. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm ass out of here. I'm not saying I'm, I'm just saying that it's and the, the fact that me and Axel, how much we love listening to Juggy Boy, it's a good chance that he said it. Like we used to say it all the time. Like just anything, nipple ass, you know, wrinkle ass, you know, crooked ass, uh, you know, just a- anything like in passing, just so the other person heard it. So I don't know who was in the ring when Axel said it, whether it was a Keener or um, or I don't know who the ref was, but it was probably somebody that was also in on it. You know what I mean? On the on the rib that probably heard him say it too. So yeah, I, I I believe that. Can that be the name N- of the show? Nipple, nipple ass? ass. Get your nipple ass out of here. <laughs> well, that's, uh, up that's, until that's up until that's now, that's up until now, up until now, the only title I had written down was Poochie. So yeah, we'll go with nipple ass. Poochie. Big Val Poochie. Well, Look we end Big the Val show Poochie, with no. We end the show with Public Enemy celebrating, and then they are attacked by the debuting gangsters at the end of the show. And um, I thought that this was... was was, Oh, God, sorry. No, go ahead. I was going to say that I kind of misremembered a little bit of stuff, and I, I was a little disappointed that they did it so soon after like the tagging thing from last week. I was hoping there was a couple, at least a couple episodes before the gangsters showed up, but it's all right. I just, it, it's, it, it was rushed, but I understand it, but I just wish it would have been like two weeks. Um, I don't know, Aaron, um, the way I would have booked it. And it sounds like it's probably right up your alley. What, what did, um, public enemy just finish up with? What, um, a bunch of, I mean, well, the pit bulls and then a couple of, of, uh, homemade teams or whatever. Uh, I would have, um, I, I, I have to tend to agree with Aaron. I would have just laid low, just laid the pit bulls low, you know, for Mm -hmm. a couple of weeks. Not really did a whole bunch of shit because, I mean, let the gangsters make that fucking splash. Let, let me let me ask you a question, and I wrote this down, and you can tell me, Chad, if you think I'm completely stupid. I'm fine. I was there, man. Because most times <laughs> I am. Most times I am. But oh, watching this watching this angle with Public Enemy, the gangsters coming from Smoky Mountain and attacking them at the end of the show, did they take some inspiration here? Do you think from the Midnight Express attacking the Midnight Express? Of course, yeah. There's the, there, I, I'm not even gonna. I'm not even going to take a second to think about that. <laughs> yes, they did. Yeah, of course they did. Okay. And look at the two people that were involved in the angle. Jim Cornette and fucking Paul Lee. Yeah. <laughs> Touche. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm going to feel embarrassed to be part of this podcast as you're asking me that. <laughs> Do you think they got that angle from... <laughs> What do you mean? <laughs> it was ECW's biggest tag team, and it was a, a tag team that that uh, I'm not going to say Smoky Mountain, or maybe it is Smoky Mountain's biggest tag team or whatever that they created. 
And they just swapped, of course, yeah, fuck. And the only thing that worked the, 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 that sucks was the fact that Cornette didn't come out with him. Right. <laughs> like, I mean, don't get me wrong, when Cornette came out, like, when Cornette came out in 97 or whatever that was, that was a huge pop. But if Cornette would have came out then, what is this, 96, 95 still? 95. We're still in 95. If yeah, Cornette Smoky Mountain's still in business. Then, yeah, that that would have been, you know. Because now we're starting to get into the whole big what surprise business. Whether it's like Blanchard or you know, you know what I mean. We're getting we're getting to every single week. We're gonna turn the lights off, and turn them back on, and 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 put David Heath out there. But yeah, you know what I mean. Fuck that is that what it cornet these stuff arena. People's fucking wheel wheelchairs have been broken. <laughs> they would they would they would have vandaled them. Shit. Now I gotta say to end to end the show, I'll let you guys give your two cents here. But I actually really enjoyed this episode of the show, and I gave it a C plus. I thought the show had some real. Uh, there was nothing on it I didn't like, to be honest with you. They they didn't give you enough time to not like it. That's what I thought. They it's kind of went with a few promos and, and and a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Like it was salt and pepper. You know what I mean? They saw him pepper me to death that I just like, all right, I don't give a fuck. You ain't really showing me anything new. You know, it, Scorpio's cool. You know, it ain't that kind of shit. So yeah, I, I, I guess a C, I guess a C plus, B minus would be fine. Yeah, I'd say it'd be minus. Yeah. It, it, it's, a, it's a good step in the right direction in life. Agreed. And we've always we've been talking about that for weeks of how we always keep saying how they're at least going in the right direction. And, and it sucks that like they just continuously just keep walking. <laughs> like they haven't got to where they were going. You know what I mean? It's a hard thing to believe that we keep every single week we're going, they're going in the right direction. They're gonna they just haven't got there yet. But we we're but the, starting to see it, right? The, yeah, I was gonna say the the pieces, all the pieces and the players are falling into place. For, I would say, what do you think? Summer in '95 until after the first pay per view for really the iconic great ECW stuff. And I'm not saying the rest the rest of the stuff after the pay per view stunk. I just thought after the first pay per view or the first pay per view is where ECW peaked, I guess. But I would say we're in for about a year and a half of really good stuff. Oh, yeah, man. And then right after the pay-per-view, it's going to be the fall of the fall. We, we, we got to deal with that. Mm-hmm. That's um, that's right after the pay-per-view. They have to start all over again. Yeah. Like that, that's the fall of the fall. And we'll get to that. And then we'll start talking about guys that I just don't have any don't have any opinion that rather even talk about and that's incredible <laughs> fucking Aaron any parting words for our listeners this week I just thanks for listening and like I said this show's gonna get um not this show but the ECW show's gonna get a lot more entertaining down the line and um our show is obviously to get more entertaining too, but I just appreciate it. It's going to get more entertaining. What, are, what, what are you yeah. going to do? Tap dance? Yeah. He's going to do the Ethiopian shim shake. Fuck. What's that I'm called? Gonna... The, the huckle buck? You're not going to do the huckle buck. I'll do the huckle buck. I'll go, I'll, I'll, I'll go to another Mel Brooks movie. Putting on the Ritz. I'll put it on the Reds. I'll do all kinds of shit. He's not gonna do the Huckle Buck though. Do the Macarena. You ain't got the you ain't got the nerve, the guts, the moxie, the balls to do the Huckle Buck. I'll learn it. I don't even know what it is. I'll learn it. I, I, I don't it. even know what it is. I'll figure. It, I'll. I'll. It's out there somewhere, probably. I'll Google it. I'm sure there's a Huckle Buck. Bill Watts is doing it. I'll be your Huckleberry. He's no, he's be a Hucklebuckle. I'll be your Hucklebuckle. <laughs> <laughs> and, 
It's Bill Watts <laughs> for hundred bucks. For hundred bucks, will be your uncle buckle. <laughs> Goodbye. All right, Chad. Do you have any parting words, really quick, before we sign off? Yeah, man. Just don't don't forget to check out all the remaining shows that we have on the um, Reliving the Extreme podcast. You know the archives of of all your shows with Archie Mitchell, the lovely, the award winning Archie Mitchell. Um, He's never been called lovely as an entire life. It's right. I mean, <laughs> hey, look, I'm trying to put us. I'm trying to put our stuff over, man. And don't forget to check out Chad's video vault. If if you if you're not a member, doesn't matter. As soon as you click on, I will make you a member. And don't forget to listen to all our old shows. You know, and, and the Hucklebuck. <laughs> the Peabody Award-winning Archie Mitchell. <laughs>